Well, good morning. It is wonderful to have each and every one of you here. I am honored by your presence. And on Easter Sunday, we traditionally say, Christ has risen. And your response is supposed to be, He has risen indeed. All right, we'll try that again. All right, He has risen indeed is what you're supposed to say. Christ has risen. All right, all right, all right. That's, that's tradition, right? So we need to do that. Just want to thank you on this happy Resurrection Day. Somebody actually emailed me that this morning to remind me of the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We begin our service by singing the doxology, which is found in the red hymnal, number 549. Number 549, the doxology. Praise God from is hymn number 687. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries, In the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Amen. Our first hymn this morning is number 303, I Serve a Risen Savior. Hymn number 303, I serve a risen Savior. He walks with me and talks with me along the last 
Let us go before the Lord in prayer. Our gracious God, Lord, we just want to thank you for this happy Resurrection Day, this day in which we just come and just want to say we are so thankful that our sins have been forgiven. And Lord, we praise you for that. And we do not take that for granted, and we do not take that in vain. And Lord, help us to live the life that you want us to live as we have embraced that forgiveness, to live in that freedom in which you want us to live. God, we come before you with the needs and requests that we have in our lives. Lord, you know of the challenges that we're facing, the things that we're trying to overcome. And Lord, not only do we think and pray about ourselves, but Lord, we also think and pray about our family members, our friends, about the staff that is working here today at the medical center, of the patients that are here, of the family members that will be visiting. And Lord, we just lift them all up to you in prayer. And God, we wish them a very special blessing on this Easter Sunday because they should rejoice and be full of joy because of the resurrection of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords that should be on the throne of our lives. And God, we just once again praise you for that and we ask that you would bless them accordingly and you would remind them always of the presence of your Holy Spirit, that you are with them in all of the circumstances that they are facing, in all the trials that they have, the things that they are trying to understand, the things that they are trying to come to terms with, as they desire, as we desire, to follow your will for our lives. And Lord, we just want to say praise and thank you for this time of worship in this chapel. And we are so thankful that you taught us to pray by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for praying with me this morning. Our next hymn is number 319, Christ the Lord is Risen Today. 319, Christ the Lord is Risen Today.
Scripture reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28, beginning with verse 5. But the angel told the women, Don't be afraid, because I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has been resurrected just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. He has been raised from the dead. In fact, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Listen, I have told you. So departing quickly from the tomb, with fear and great joy, they ran to his disciples and told them the news. Just then, Jesus met them and said, Good morning. They came up took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus told them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. Amen. Let us pray. God, we are so thankful, Lord, that you've just brought us here. And God, we sense your presence. We sense your purpose. Lord, I would just ask that you would help me say the things that we all need to hear to have that purpose made clear in our lives. Help me now, I pray, in Christ's name. Amen. Now, the title of my sermon this morning is Happy Ending. But then there is a question that I had as I was thinking about it this morning. Should it be a happy beginning? And I guess it depends how you want to see the account and the story of Christ's death and then Christ's resurrection. So I put that question to myself and I push that question to you on this Resurrection Sunday in which we should be rejoicing because Christ has risen indeed, is it a happy ending or is it a happy beginning? And it all depends with what we do, with what Christ did for us on the cross and what it represents to you and to me. The crucifixion and the death and the burial and the resurrection of Christ should mean to you and I forgiveness. 
So is forgiveness something in which we have a happy ending to it or a happy beginning? What do we do with forgiveness? Do we embrace it? Do we make it a part of our lives? Is it something that we cherish? Is it something that we recognize for the liberty and the freedom and the grace that it gives us? to what Christ has done for us. And I think a lot of times when we look at forgiveness, and we've talked about forgiveness here in the chapel before in terms of what it means, that a lot of us have a difficult time with embracing true forgiveness. Because I know I ask myself this question, God, how can you forgive someone like me? And perhaps you ask that same question. God, how can you forgive someone like me? And I ask that question of myself because I have a pretty good memory and unfortunately I remember the wrong things that I've done more than I remember the good things that I have done. The other day I was thinking about something that happened a long time ago and now that I have crossed over the 60 mark and I'm looking down on the downward side there. It was a long time ago. And I thought to myself, you know what? God has forgiven me for that. Why am I even thinking about something that I have done a long time ago in which I know that God has forgiven me? And in the eyes of God... What I did is no longer held against me because of what Christ has done for me. In our bulletin, we have the prayer to receive Jesus Christ as Savior. And I think it's important for us to have it there because it is a reminder to me, and I believe it should be a reminder for you as well, that we have embraced the truth of Jesus Christ for our lives and that he does forgive us and that he does take the sin that we have done and he takes it away it no longer should be a burden for me should no longer be held accountable to me because of what Christ has done on Calvary but we have a responsibility when we Embrace forgiveness, the forgiveness that can only come from the cross. We have a responsibility to carry on the whole meaning of forgiveness in our lives. And that is a difficult task because whether the things are big or whether the things are small, we just seem to have a hard time to be able to forgive others when they have wronged us or when they have violated our own principles about certain things. But yet God says that we are to forgive them because in the same way we have been forgiven. And when we say the Lord's Prayer in worship, it is a reminder to us that as you have forgiven us our trespasses, our sins, that we are to forgive others. It's a personal practice in which you and I need to apply every day of our lives. I've been praying about certain things within my own life, and 
things that I have been struggling with. And I've asked God, Lord, please help me to understand and to apply the forgiveness that you want me to apply. Help me to see people the way that you want me to see them, not how I see them. And I know one of the difficulties that I have, and perhaps yourself, when I know people around me in my life and I know the history of many of them, sometimes when they try to do good things, there is always that suspect mentality that I have because I know about them. I know their history. And it reminds me when Jesus said that a prophet is without honor in his own home. And I think a lot of times because we know people in our lives so well and we see them trying to act good, perhaps we don't say this, but perhaps maybe we think it, you hypocrite. But then I always have to remind myself that any time I think of that, I think about the times when I have been the hypocrite. For you see, when you and I truly embrace the forgiveness of the cross and we truly rejoice on this happy resurrection Sunday, the word hypocrite should not be in our vocabulary because of what Christ has done for us, either for you or for someone else. And God wants us to embrace that. He wants us to come and understand that. He wants us to follow His example. You know, it's been described to me that sin can be defined as missing the mark. Missing the mark. And for those of us that have served in the military, we know what it's like to be on the rifle range and to miss the mark, to miss the target. I don't know about you, but I am proud to say that when I went through basic training, that I qualified as an expert with my M16. And in the same way, God wants us to qualify on the range of life as an expert. But yet you and I know that it takes practice to shoot the M16 properly and correctly. You have to be able to squeeze the trigger, to hold your breath, to do those things in which your drill instructor told you to do so you can shoot it properly. In life, God gives us the instructions that he wants us to have to execute as expert marksmen, to sin less and to hit the target more in terms of how we are living for God through his son, Jesus Christ. And perhaps we need to look at it in that way. That when we sin, when we have missed the mark, God tells us to recorrect our sights. Whether it's the front sight or the back sight. To recorrect our sights and to try again and not to give up. But to see the mark, the target that you and I are striving for, the cross of Jesus Christ. 
the love that God wants us to show to each other, the forgiveness that He wants to show to each other, and that we keep on being on the firing line. We do not give up. We continuously practice in our lives to hit the mark, to be an expert in our relationship with God. Do those things that we need to do, to do those things that honor God, that reflect a holy and a righteous living. But yet I have missed the mark many times this week. I have missed the mark already this morning. And I needed to take a step back and to exercise the forgiveness, to readjust my sights in terms of what I am aiming at in my life. And perhaps you are the same way. That means when we think about missing the mark, God says, you know what? Because of what Christ has done for you on the cross, you and I wear the cross of Christ in our lives. For you see, Christ gives us the opportunity to live in the freedom and the liberty in which He wants us to live so we can be embracing the good things that God has given us. In fact, my wife decided at her place of work that she was going to put a chart up reminding her of all the good things that she does for the people that are around her. Because a lot of times we look at our lives and we say how many times we've blown it, how many times we have missed the mark, how many times have you done it right? How many times have you followed the word of the Lord and you've done things correctly? You have hit the target. You did not miss the mark. You did not sin. You were able to practice forgiveness. You were able to practice Christ's love. It doesn't mean that we are perfect. But what it does mean and what it does reflect is the fact that God has been working in your life and you notice the change. You notice the different attitudes that you have towards people in a way in which you see them in a good light. In a way you see them the way that God sees them. Because God sees us all the same. For Christ died on the cross for all of us. Because the Scriptures tell us, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whomsoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And that means Christ died for everybody, not just for a select few. But yet we seem to be missing the mark in understanding that. Perhaps there might have been a circumstance or there might be a circumstance that you're going through right now in which maybe you just feel alienated from God, that you just can't seem to get it right. I want to say to you that 
in the situations when I have felt that way. I know that there is hope for me because of what Christ has done for me on the cross. And I've mentioned before, hope needs to have a plan. So if you are challenged with something or if you are trying to overcome something in your life that has just been weighing you down, where you know you missed the mark, and God says, you know what, you need to readjust your thinking, you need to readjust your attitude, you need to readjust the things that you are doing in your life so you no longer miss the mark. That requires us to have a plan. I don't know what your plan is, but one of the things I do is I remind myself that God always wants me to be on target and not to do those things that take away from my relationship with Him. Because when, they, when I do those things, not only does it take away my relationship with God, but it takes away from the relationship that I can have with the people that are in my life. And my plan is to let myself know that when I am in certain situations, when I feel that I'm going to miss the mark, to do those things that I know that honor God and not myself. Because when I think about those times when I've missed the mark, it's because I wanted to take control of a specific situation. I wanted to be the one that did a certain thing. But living for Jesus in a life that is true requires us to step back and to allow God to intervene and to take care of those situations. We need to step back and the selfishness of us in terms of who we are we need to take a step back and we need to say, God, you need to handle this situation because I can't handle it on my own. And then we see in our lives a pattern develop in which you and I no longer are missing the mark as much as we used to before because we're allowing God to be in control of our lives. We're carrying out the way that God wants us to live. We're carrying out as we interact with others the way that God wants us to do those things that bring Him honor and holiness and righteousness. And when we remember the past and think about the times that we have missed the mark, the Holy Spirit reminds us that the correction has already been made and that you are now on target because of your relationship that you have with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. You are the expert marksman that God wants you to be in your life. Not because of anything that you and I have done, but because of what Christ has done for us on the cross. Through His life, through His crucifixion, through His death, through His resurrection, and through His ascension. That reminds us that we have something also to look forward to when we come to know Christ in a very personal way, one-on-one, -on -one, when we are with Him 
as we partake of that eternal life that he has promised to each and every one of us that know him. So it is my hope and prayer that on this Resurrection Sunday, that not only are we happy about it, not only do we rejoice in the fact that Christ has risen, and the response is, He has risen indeed, but there's a joy in our hearts that reflects the true aim that we have as followers of Jesus Christ, the true disciples that God wants us to be, and make those corrections that God wants us to make. So every morning when we get up, we can be on target and walk with the Lord the way that He wants us to walk with Him, to have that peace that passes our own understanding because it can only come from the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Amen. We're going to take communion this morning, and if you've never had communion here in the chapel before, we practice open communion, and what that means is you have, if you have professed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're welcome to take communion with us. Let us pray. Gracious God, what a wonderful time to honor you by having communion as one body believers in your Son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, we would ask, Lord, that you would just forgive us when we have sinned, when we have missed the mark, when we did not set our sights on you the way that you want us to set them, but instead we set our sights on ourselves and the things that we thought that we could accomplish on our own without your help. God, forgive us for not using that power in our lives that you give us, for not using that understanding that you give us, for not using the peace that you give us when we look to you. And God, we are doing that right now. We are looking to the cross. We are praising you. We are thanking you. And Lord, we are taking that forgiveness that you give us and we are incorporated into our lives so that we can go forward with you in all things. Thank you, God, for forgiving us of our sins and loving us just the way we are. In Christ's name, amen.
For I received from the Lord what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake together. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us partake together. Our closing hymn this morning is number 325, Crown Him with Many Crowns. Hymn number 325, Crown Him with Many Crowns.
And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding be with you now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for coming. Our scripture reading this morning is found in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, beginning with verse 35. That day, when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was in the boat. There was also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Amen. As I was reading this portion of scripture the other day, it struck me with the fact that as this story is being described to us, that the disciples did not know the end of the story. And so when we read it, when we see it, when we try to evaluate it, we understand the end of the story. And when this event took place, the disciples did not have the end of the story yet. So quite simply, I think when we look at the disciples and we see many times their lack of faith, I know that I ask my, myself the question, why couldn't the disciples see who Jesus Christ truly was, the Son of God. Well, they had not seen the end of the story yet. And you and I have. So we have that perspective of looking at the story from a different understanding and a different point of view because we know the end of the story. But the disciples did not. So if it is possible for us, which is hard for us to do, to look at it from the disciples' point of view at that place in time and what they were encountering, their feelings, their fears, not knowing who completely Jesus was, and they go to Jesus and they wake him up and they ask him the question, don't you care if we drown. And I think even you and I, even though we know the end of the story, I think we ask God and we ask Christ the same question many times when we are going through the storms in our own life. Don't you care? 
Don't you know what I am personally experiencing? Don't you care about what's taking place around me right now, God? And I think many times the Spirit of God has to remind us as Jesus reminded the disciples, yes, I do care. I do care about the storms that are going on. I do care about your personal safety. I do care about your fears. But unlike the storm who listens to Christ and says, quiet, be still, we have a hard time hearing that when the wind and the waves through the circumstances and challenges in our life we ask God to help us and Jesus tells us many times he has told me quiet and be still the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah! What a Savior! The pain and the agony that He went through. The time in Gethsemane when He asked the Lord God to take this whole situation away from Him because He did not want to experience what was waiting for Him. And he asked God if it would be possible to take this cup away. And so we know that. We see that picture. We understand that. But the disciples did not. But yet we still ponder as the disciples did, even though we know the end of the story. Be still. So if I can put myself aside, I can hear that, the Spirit of God speaking to me. Can you do the same? It's something that I struggle with every day to put my will aside and to hear God speaking to me. Quiet, be still. And when I am quiet, when I am still, I truly do hear and understand what God is communicating to me. Over the last couple of weeks, Lynn and I, we've been having these different opportunities when we are speaking with our children. And usually I'm pretty reserved when I'm with our kids and I don't share a whole lot. Every once in a while I do, and when I start sharing, it's kind of hard to shut me up and to turn me off. And so we've had funny opportunities when Lynn was trying to jump into the conversation, and I was not allowing her. I just kept talking because I had to make my point. And the kids were teasing with me. They were saying, Dad, give Mom a say. Mom wants to speak. You keep interrupting her. So we've been joking about it. We've been having fun with it. Because the kids, in a wonderful way, in respect to me, 
They were saying, Dad, quiet, be still, let Mom speak. Let's hear what Mom has to say, because we want to hear from both of you. Perhaps, but for this purpose and this purpose only, to further the plan that God has for you, to further that plan that God has for each other, that we have access to that power. And it is there we are reminded by the end of the scriptures here that we have read that we are to set our minds on the fact that you and I have access to that power. That you and I have a greater God. That you and I should not be limited by our own circumstances in terms of how we can see God working in our own lives. Working in the lives of others. Working in the lives of our community and which we are a part of. And Jesus reminds us that yes, we have access that is something far greater than ourselves. And that's where we see and have an understanding of the faith that God wants us to have that we are missing out on. And I don't think we'll ever have the complete amount of faith that God wants us to have, but I think we need to continue to pursue that. And even in my own verbiage, I use the words think. It has to be rational. It has to make common sense. But I have to remind myself that even in my own words, that faith transcends any type of rational, common sense thinking that I can have. It transcends my words. Look how I've been taught. I'm actually speaking of it. I'm using words to try to say the limits of God's faith. That God says there is no limits to the faith that God wants us to have. There is no limits in terms of what we can ask of God. There is no limits in terms of what God can do for us, can do for others, can do for our community. Somehow there is a process in which we have to rid ourselves of that and look at not at the objectivity, not at the facts, but look at those things that are subjective, to look at those things that make no sense at all. And we see the working of God. And even then, we try to anticipate Even then, we try to use our own thought process. Oh, God, I see what you are doing. And the answer to that question is, no, I don't truly see what God is doing. Because what God is doing in our lives, what God is doing in the lives of others, what God is doing in our community, transcends all of our understanding transcends all of the things that we believe in. 
Because God is far greater than the limitation of our own faith that we have. And we have to take that leap of faith. That leap in believing. And then we can truly see and understand what Jesus is telling his disciples. That when the storms happen, and Christ tells us through the power of his Holy Spirit in our lives, quiet and be still, and we respond accordingly, with no fears, no anxieties, no hang-ups, we put our pride aside. And then we truly see the faith that God has working in our lives. The faith that God wants us to have that have replaced our own faith. Because our own faith about believing in God has limitations. And then we can truly understand who is this working in my life. It is God working. It is God that is there that is calming the wind and the waves and the storms in my life to fulfill the purpose that he has for me, to fulfill the purpose that he has for others, to fulfill the purpose that he has for our community. And then we can just say, God, I don't understand all of it, but I want to praise you and thank you for you working in my life and helping me to see the storms, helping me to understand how it is in your exclusive power that you have handled those circumstances, those challenges, and have calmed the storms in my life. Amen.